yeah, I've been I've been in the situation a number of times where I think that one's tied much tighter than the other, and they're not actually, and then I like get all panicked about it. Okay, well, now we got this. Twenty 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 one. Here we go. Okay, here we go. All right. Hello, and welcome to the Final Turn, an upbeat podcast about all things running. I'm Keith, an overly competitive and mediocrely talented distance runner. My co-host is Sean. What's up, Sean? I am also a competitive person. Uh, depends on the day. Sometimes I'm a competitive runner. Sometimes I'm a competitive couch potato. Other days, a competitive uh, ice cream eater. But overall, you know, I, I do run here and there. So it's uh, okay. it works out. <laughs> Okay. So today we're going to talk about common and indeed some uncommon issues that come up mid-run and how to overcome them. All of our topics today cover things that happen literally during a run. And I have to be honest, I'm a little surprised by how many things we came up with here. But uh, before we dive into it, uh, some housekeeping. We'd love some feedback on the show. You can provide it by leaving a rating or a review on whatever podcast app you use, or you can send us uh, a note on Twitter at the final turn pod. We're also on the web at www.thefinalturn.com. I think that's all the announcement announcements. So yeah. So Sean, I haven't actually looked at Strava today. Did you go for a run? Uh, I did not. Today was a, a Peloton run, a Peloton bike uh, for me. I just didn't really feel like going out and running today, even though it's beautiful in San Francisco. So I'm going to go out for a walk and, and enjoy the weather today. But uh, I've been cutting down on my Strava uh, time. Uh, I'm, only, I'm only checking like twice a day now, so I, I haven't uh, I haven't checked either. Uh, have you gone? Uh, I did go for a run, but uh, yeah, I've been having some motivation issues. Been on a little slump. Yeah, uh, I've been I've been keeping my run streak alive. Today was day 203, but um, yeah, I haven't been doing my normal 70 miles per week mileage. You, you have to go back to the podcast, our, you know, one of our early episodes about how to motivate yourself during a slump. I mean, yeah. we, we put out this content. You got you to yeah. practice okay. what you yeah. preach. Maybe that's my problem. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll listen to that on, on 2x speed and just <laughs> download it into my brain. Uh, I'm going to go for a trail run tomorrow. Nice. And I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, hopefully that helps me find the love back a little bit. So... Okay, so we have a big list of... Surprisingly, yeah. I, I didn't think this much stuff has ever happened to us during a run or the feedback that we've gotten from our, our listeners, which was... Yeah, awesome. yeah. I mean, we were thinking about, you know, ideas of things to do and issues that come up mid-run sounded like, you know, maybe a segment or something. But yeah, mm -hmm. we have a list of like <laughs> 15 or 20 things. I don't think we're going to get to all of them, but should we just start from the top here? Let's do it. Yeah, so starting with cramps... I. I Number one, I think everyone can relate to this of getting a side cramp. A, a calf, I've never gotten a calf cramp during a long run. I've gotten them during a marathon. Um, so that was really bad. But uh, side cramps, I dealt with this problem so much uh, like early, early in my running career, like eighth, ninth grade and everything. It was I think a lot of it was actually poor diet at the time. Uh, I didn't like like have a lot of potassium and I talked to like older runners and they're like, oh, eat bananas, eat yogurt, all these different things. Actually drink water. <laughs> yogurt. Think. I've not heard yogurt as a as a cramp thing. I've heard bananas, the potassium, right? Potassium, yeah. I, you know, there's no science behind this one. Uh, <laughs> I, I I stuck with the bananas because I like th the thought of like eating yogurt before a run uh, is not not for me. Dairy is think, just. What do you think the timing is? Okay, like let's say you're running a marathon the next day and you really don't want to cramp, or you're going for like some sort of important run. When would you eat? 
Like, do you need, would you eat a banana every day in the week leading up? Can you just eat one banana the day before? Like what, what is the right amount of, of banana consumption to, <laughs> to minimize cramping? I don't know. I usually just do one. If I, before like a long run or a marathon, I'll just have one like 20 minutes before. I don't, I don't oh, do this. Wow. Yeah. The race day, like the pre-prep, the, that's a lot of mental work. But I've been eating a lot of peanut butter uh, with bananas lately. So I've been definitely increasing my banana intake over the past month. I don't. I don't know. Bananas are not a thing in the rotation of my diet. I like them fine, but I don't I don't eat them. I mean, my thought is the cramping is some sort of malfunction in a muscle. And I think the reason for potassium is your body creates a chemical differential and potassium is is important for that and muscles firing. And if you cramp, I mean, this is, I mean, whatever nutrition science is vague anyway, and I'm just making this up as I go. But my guess would be if you want to make sure that your cells have enough potassium, 20 minutes before is probably not enough. Um, really? I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know. I have no idea. But I mean, if yeah, you have like, like a, a goo pat, like if you have a goo or whatever, like that has like a, what, five, 10 minute. Yeah, but I think what's time? I think what's happening there is you're just getting sugar into your bloodstream, and that's a different mechanism than having. I guess your body has to break down the banana, all yeah. of that. I, yeah. well, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I know people drink electrolytes, and that's so that your body can create chemical differentials. So, anyway, I don't know if I were well. If, well, if you're in the middle of a run, you're not going to eat a banana, right? So what what do you do when you get a cramp? Because I'm not whipping out a banana out of my shorts. Okay, right. All right, sure. yeah, right. So, all right. I'm not sure prophylactically when you should eat bananas before a run, but, uh, you know, uh, during a run, if I get a cramp, I mean, calf cramps, um, I don't get them very often, but I have gotten them at the end of some of my longer, long runs. And when we ran that marathon a few weeks ago, I worried. I think I mentioned it. I was like, Ooh, I feel like my calf is like mm. thinking about cramping and it never did. But once it does, I mean, it can be sort of crippling. You follow. Um, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And yeah, I, don't know I mean, how to get rid of them. Yeah. I'm not sure what the, t- what the technique is. And then you sort of have to decide whether you want to like keep pushing through it. Um, and I've had calf cramps of, of varying degrees, I've never had one where like I actually had to stop a run, but I can imagine it. I mean, it feels when, when you get these really bad ones, it feels like your muscle is like tearing itself from the inside. It's awful. Yeah. I've gotten one when I'm, the first time I got one when was when I jumped into a pool and like randomly my cat, my calf cramped up and I was like floating because I couldn't like move. I feel like I couldn't just move. I was like, my body was in such shock. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do some cold water swimming in the bay sometimes and I get calf cramps in there I don't want to say all the time, but I would say like one out of three, one out of four swims, I'll just get this like cramp. And I, what I'll do is I'll sort of pull up and then I'll stretch it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I do the same thing when I'm running. If I get a really bad one, you, I kind of have to stop for a second and acknowledge it and and try to stretch it gently. Yeah. And do you do what, do you do the breathing? So breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth. I believe you breathe in through your nose on the opposite strike, the opposite leg of where your cramp is. Huh? No, is this, <laughs> this is an interesting old wives tale. So uh, the the thought is something about breathing at the right time to, uh, yeah, on the if you, opposite if you, side of the cramp. That sounds- if you if you breathe in when you when you're like if you have a right side cramp and you breathe in when your left foot is going forward and then you breathe out when your right foot goes forward, that helps you alleviate the cramp. And if you and and if you breathe in on the wrong side, 
if you breathe in on the wrong side, does it make it worse? I don't, I, I, every time it happens, I know that I should do in through my nose, out through my mouth, and I should do it. But after like two uh, two turnovers, I'm like, this is too much mental work for me. Yeah. So I still do the in through the nose, out through the mouth, and I, I, it helps. Okay. Okay. All right. I will. I will, heard of that one. I will like try a... this next time. Well, on the face of it, it sounds ridiculous, right? Like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you just breathe while you're, like, you know, your left foot's in the air, it'll be, it's some of these like hiccup cures. It's like, oh, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you count backwards while doing a headstand. Uh, okay. And then, all right. But yeah, as in terms of like actual useful advice for like a calf cramp, yeah. I mean, I just sort of pull up, stretch it, and mm. try to try to push through it. Um, and, I've, I've really, I, I haven't had issues with it. Like when doing speed work or anything, it's only like on longer runs. And I think, yeah, yeah, what's happening is I, I get electrolyte depleted in some way. Uh, Potassium is one of them, but you know, sodium as well. And yeah, I think for some reason my body, yeah, just starts firing this, this cramp message. Um, And I'm not sure what the, the, you know, I think, I think eating bananas can help. I think eating electrolytes, making sure you get enough fluid can help. And then, yeah, once it happens, you can stretch for, as for like side cramps, um, I find if I, um, lean forward a little bit, it okay. can alleviate the pain. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, side cramps are annoying because you can feel it on every single, you can feel it on every stride, every breath. It's, it's painful. Do you have any tips for, for side cramps? Oh, my, my in through the nose, out through the mouth was for side cramps. It wasn't for calf oh, cramps. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Have you, I'm, have you heard okay. of that? I, I have still not heard of that, but but I'm okay. gonna mo- I'm gonna mock less because <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> that right? at least makes sense, right? Okay, okay. I thought there was some like nonsense about like okay, yeah, if you breathe like on the opposite side of your of your foot strike. Okay, no, yeah, no, that makes sense because you feel less pain. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. and like you're you're like you're stretching your diaphragm, I guess, during that yeah. time, which helps. Yeah. That makes well, sense. Sometimes I'll I'll hold my hands up over my head and like lean a little bit to each side. That can help stretch, but yeah. it can make it feel worse. Uh, so yeah, that was the best in in high school, in cross country in high school, when you like were r- like racing against other people, and you saw like people in front of you where they like they put their hands over their head or they put their hands behind their head. You're like I'm gonna. This guy's done. Like you know, they're hurting. You know, yeah, they're hurting. It's bad. Don't do that. If you're in a race, don't do it because people know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we should do. We should do an episode about various race strategies and like yeah. getting in people's heads because yeah, <laughs> I have a lot to say about that. Okay, next one, and this one is a super common one. Uh, you have to go to the bathroom while running. Um, okay, we're gonna have to be a little bit delicate here but okay all right so there's there's uh, um, two kinds of needing to go to the bathroom and uh there's various uh severities of needing to go to the bathroom but okay let's say this is um this is a situation where you've decided you must go and um yeah maybe the you know bathroom is not available i mean ideally there's a porta potty or some sort of restroom on your route that you can use, but that's not always the case. Yeah. There was uh, someone in high school on my cross country team was notorious for having to use the restroom, both, both variants of using the restroom on 80% of our runs. No joke. 
and he was just notorious for this. And he was, he always knew like the best places, like if we're back by like the high school and area of like where he can go into like the woods and these different parts of like neighborhoods and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> we always went to a cross country camp, which was like in a farm basically. And it was like, he would just go into the crops and, and whatnot. Uh, so when he graduated, he actually, we, uh, they got him a toilet seat as a joke, oh, nice. uh, which is pretty funny. Nice. But for, I mean, for me, I've never, Okay, so definitely number one, like I've I've always been able to like kind of push through that. I've never like had to like go pee so bad that I had to stop somewhere. Like usually on hikes, that happens more than like running. I feel like running it kind of gets suppressed. But for number two, it always happens. I I get so nervous before run, like long runs or workouts or races that like I can usually I've never had too many problems with it. But but you can uh, imagine this happening. Oh yeah, it's I mean it's happened where like I just run really fast home. Like my, my solution is to run really fast home <laughs> and, and then I just like run upstairs and, and hope that, uh, <laughs> hope that we'll, we'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, look, everyone's had the, the, the feeling of having to use the restroom and not having it available as, as much as you might like, but yeah, I mean, on runs, look, I'd look, I'll be honest here. Like I've had to go on a run and I've had to, um, deal with, uh yeah like finding a leaf that i can yeah. use to wipe and you know finding it finding a private spot and it's not great but you know sometimes you just have to do it and you hope it you know you hope this happens in a place where you can find some privacy deep woods um, yeah i've not had yeah i've not had like i'm sure there must be some listeners who have some like horror stories about about this kind of thing and so yeah i don't, I don't know if anyone wants to share that with us, what if <laughs> they do? Twitter, they can tweet it Twitter, Twitter, the yeah. final turn pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right. So the next one here is um, this one's a little bit different. This is you almost get run over by you know a car, or truck, or bicycle. You have some sort of like alarming incident um, with. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you've had this happen to you more than it's hap- happened to me, given your running style of. Mm-hmm not doing a great job at stopping at stop signs and red lights. Mm-hmm. I think I do an excellent <laughs> job. I have never, I, okay. I've only been hit by a car once while on a run. Well, okay. Was, well, okay. There's a difference between getting hit by a car and almost getting hit by a car. True. True. <laughs> yeah. But all the almost ones were carefully calculated with, uh, you know, I, I, I knew what I was doing. Uh, but wait, okay, so you actually got hit by a car. How fast was this car going? I well, know. I don't know if I, I'm not, I didn't actually get, I mean, okay, here's what happened. I was coming back home from Golden Gate Park and I was crossing Divisadero. And in the middle of Divisadero, there's that island uh, that sort of separates the the four lanes of traffic, two in each direction. And I was sort of scampering across because there was a window when I could. And I sort of jumped the island. And so I like was airborne when I noticed that somebody had made an illegal left and wasn't anticipating this person doing this Mm -hmm. and I'm in the air. And because he was making an illegal left, he was sort of like quickly trying to get through as well. And so this was an incident where like, we're both doing something that like is a little bit dangerous and stupid. And then, um, yeah, so I didn't, I couldn't really like alter mid flight. We saw each other and he like sort of slammed on his brakes and I, like sort of contorted my body and like put my hands on his hood and he stopped. But like that could have gone, could have gone worse differently. But you know, it was one of these things where, um, you know, like four different things went wrong and it was, you know, bad luck 
but yeah, I mean, if you take risks enough, like that's, that's going to burn me. I've, I've been lucky in my life not to have anything. Um, and Bad hopefully heavy. I will continue to be so, but yeah, I mean that, that, you know, a lot of the issues, humility. a lot of the times that I've almost been hit by a, another vehicle or a bicycle have been when they roll, stop, roll a stop sign. That's I've never almost been hit because I did something illegal, uh, you know, not stop at a stoplight or stop at a stop sign, yeah. but it's especially in neighborhoods in San Francisco and with San Francisco being very hilly. It's a lot of the times if you're at the top of the hill, people get really worried where they don't want to stop at the hill. So they want to crest up um, at the stop sign. So that's actually cresting into the crosswalk. Yeah. Uh, that's happened to me a lot, especially in the mornings. Um, so every time that I'm like running, like in the, in the mornings, it's always like put my hands up or whatever, as I'm crossing the street. And that usually helps and, and gets people to just be yeah. aware. Yeah. I try to be as demonstrative as possible. Um, yeah. if I'm doing something a little bit, a little bit weird and like, yeah, just always assume that people don't assume there's going to be runners around them. Um, and then like, yeah, like after, I mean, I've had, you know, had, had close calls a number of times and yeah, you just sort of have to like regather yourself and. You know, understand that you know this can be a little bit dangerous, and be humble going forward, and, and yeah, really <laughs> respect that other people might make mistakes. Uh, okay, next, this one's obvious, but yeah, let, you know, you you start feeling hungry or thirsty during a run. Uh, now, obviously, if there's fountains or if you're carrying food, you, that's that's one way. But how do you how do you push through when? Yeah. I've never been hungry to the point where I felt that I wasn't going to make make it to the end of the run, make it to the end of the end of the workout. I actually, and I know a lot of people have this. I typically don't get hungry until like an hour or two after I finish running. I've definitely gotten thirsty during runs where, you know, in the especially in the heat, like when I lived in Dallas, when I lived in the Midwest in the summer, like it gets very hot. You're dehydrated and you don't like think about it. Um, it's pushing through i guess is the is the right answer i don't i don't know here it's there's been a lot of times where like i felt extremely dehydrated especially in in dallas and that was just trying to find the nearest the nearest uh uh water fountain Fountain. i'm sorry water fountain or you know uh stopping i always brought my credit card on me just in case i need to stop at like a local store or something like that and so i definitely stopped at convenience stores uh living in texas yeah i mean my experience with this is sometimes like on mile one or two of like a scheduled long run i'll notice that i'm super hungry i've Mm. experimented with fasted running a few times and it's yeah like sometimes like really early on i'll be like man I'm going to be thinking about food this entire run. And this is kind of annoying. Um, But yeah, I just sort of try to think, okay, I'm hungry. This is non-ideal. It's sort of interesting to see how this makes my body feel on this run. And, you know, if I go a little bit slower because of it, um, that's interesting. And I'm teaching my body how to, how to, how to react when it's not, not perfectly fueled. And so, yeah, you just try to look at it that way. Like, yeah, this sucks. Doesn't feel good. I wish I was eating cake right now. But. <laughs> well, the nice thing about the hungry part is you're, you're motivated to that finish line because you know, there's food mm-hmm. you can push through and it's, it's worth yeah. it at the end. Yeah. It can be a motivator too. How about, well, well go ahead. Uh, I was thinking, you know, the switching gears a little bit again is encountering an animal. So this just happened to me running, Two days ago in the 6.30 a.m. time frame and kind of darkish in the middle of uh, in the middle of the park encountering a, uh, a coyote 
Uh, but I've definitely encountered a lot of animals over the course of my uh, my running career. The mo- this the one that I've been most scared of is always coyotes. Uh, never encountered a bear or like a bobcat or a mountain lion. I I don't know what I would do. I'm, well, <laughs> do you have any stories around this? I do. Yeah. So, well, okay. I have a bunch of stories around this. So I've encountered skunks a number of oh, times. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just give them a wide berth. You know, that's not worth. I've never been sprayed. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Avoid skunks. I've had lots of dog stories. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do about like wild dogs or not wild, but like, you know, maybe you're in a place where there's feral dogs or um, stray dogs. Um, yeah, you just got to got to give them a wide berth. I've seen a bear a few times on runs. Um, it's weird. You got to, uh, they've always been trail runs. Black bear, black bear or grizzly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never grizzly <laughs> or polar or koala. Um, but yeah, yeah. I've never had one on a trail. My sister encountered one actually on the trail once. I think she sort of waited and it sort of wandered down and then she, she snuck past it. Um, and then a, a couple of weeks, well, not a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I was doing the Ninja Loop just north of, of the Golden Gate Bridge. And I look, I'm not sure. I'm like, every time I think back on this, I, I'm less sure. But I'm pretty sure I saw both a mountain lion and a bobcat on that run. And I know mountain lions are extremely rare in California. Mm-hmm. Um, they do exist. But here's why. They were different. I mean, I saw two. I know I saw two cats, okay? There's no there's no question that I saw two cats. The first one was pretty big. And I'm just like, you know, and then, yeah, I spent a lot of time on Wikipedia, like trying to figure out like, what does a bobcat look like? What, is, what does a mountain Before lion look like? Before or after the run? Uh, after, the, after the run. Okay. And, and I'm just like thinking to myself, yeah, you're like trying to like remember exactly what you saw. And then I'm sort of gaslighting myself. But yeah, I mean, you see animals every once in a while and I've never had, I've never had one like attack me or approach me or anything. I don't think animals really do that much. Uh, I went, one final story on this. I was in Kenya on a safari and I really wanted to go for a run, but probably wisely we were not allowed to. We were staying in these tent camps in the, in the game reservation and yeah, the, the, people who ran the camp were like yeah no absolutely not there was no negotiating this and i thought like oh like what are they gonna how are they gonna stop me but they just actually like fenced in like <laughs> you can't, can't actually uh, do it. yeah you can't actually do it yeah. i actually i completely forgot i've actually been attacked and bitten by a dog on a run what? yeah okay uh, back in fourth grade i was just I, I forgot that i was like running in fourth grade um, yeah, my friend and I were out for a run and our neighbor's dog just attacked us and then ended up like biting me and like broke skin. Wow. And I actually got, I for, completely forgot. I tried to like, erase this part of my life, but I actually got pretty sick from that dog bite. Oh yeah. It was, it got a staph infection or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like what ended up happening is it like just completely like wiped out my like uh, white blood cells, blight, l- white blood cell. Cell, cell count i can't talk about it, it. <laughs> um, and like i was just i had like migraines and consistent migraines and like was getting like sick all the time so it yeah, was a it's brutal wild ride 
I guess I got done bit by a dog once. I, okay. I wasn't, I mean, I was sort of running. Okay. I was going to Kizar and I was waiting for the Muni to go out there. And while I was doing that, I was doing, um, they're called karaoke's. It's like this sort of way of warming up where you yeah. sort of turn your hips to the left and then to the right. Mm-hmm. And I was doing them on that, in that DeBose Triangle Park, which is an off-leash dog park. And a dog like ran up to me from behind. I didn't see it. It was a chihuahua. <laughs> and it got sort of excited because I'm doing, you know, this sort of like weird stepping. And it ran in between. This is this is awful. But it ran in between my legs and it got like sort of kicked. And then it got scared and it like jumped up and like caught a tooth in my knee and like, yeah, like tore my skin. And, and I'm like bleeding from my knee. And the owner is like really confused because his dog got kicked. But also I'm like. Like, there's like blood running down my leg and yeah it was unclear like who needed to apologize to who it was yeah not the greatest situation but there was a few weeks i forget all these ideas uh thoughts come up a few weeks ago i was running in the uh, on the trails in golden gate park and this like little pug was with like his their his parents or whatever and he ran up to me and was like jumping on me she's like get down get down i'm like oh it's fine like it's harmless literally that that was at night the morning after i went out for another run like in a different part of the city and that same dog with the same people, like he came really? like running up to me, was jumping at me. It was, it was so funny. Well, this is behavior <laughs> should, is consistent. You should put your, <laughs> put, put the dog in the leash, but yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. um, okay. All right. Enough. Enough about animals. the animals. Um, okay. What do you do when your shoe becomes untied? Do you have any policy? Tie the shoe, or... Tie the shoe okay. as fast as possible. I've never had this, I've never had my shoe become untied during a run, like or a race. I'm sorry, knock on wood. What happened during when I was at Boston was my one shoe was tied tighter than the other shoe, and it was killing, like mentally screwing with me the first mile. I almost debated stopping to retie my shoe, but I didn't think it was worth it, and I I didn't. Uh, But yeah, if it's like a normal long run, I just like tie it. But I've never had to encounter it, but it's better because you can trip over. I've seen people like trip on their shoelaces and like fall flat on their face or like you can't, you're not getting as much energy and much power out of the, out of your foot stroke, I guess. Or Yeah. I mean, there. this sounds like such a small trivial thing, but yeah, I mean, here, here are various issues. One, you can have your shoes tied too tight or, you know, you can perceive it and then, yeah. And then you're like left with this. Okay. Do I stop and like adjust this? But that takes, you know, 10, 15, 20 seconds, whatever. And it might just be in your imagination. You might, you might be just like thinking this is an issue and it's not. When I tie my shoes, I actually check to see if the amount of lace on each side is about the same Mm, so that I, cause I've, yeah, I've been, I've been in the situation a number of times where I think that one's tied much tighter than the other and they're not actually. And then I like get all panicked about it. I have, during speed work had issues sometimes where a a shoelace comes untied and you know, it's tricky, right? Like let's say you're in the last hundred meters of a 400 meter interval and your shoelace comes untied. I mean, if you stop, you're not, you're not going to make your, your interval. And so, yeah, I mean, you're left with this, this sort of like decision, like, okay, do I want to run until, you know, the wheels literally come off here (laughs) or, you know, am I going to, am I going to stop to pause? And I've done both depending on, depending on situation. Well, what if you have a rock in your shoe? So let's yeah, say like your shoe's not even time. Thing. It's yeah, thing. Like, like, all the time. How bothersome is this? Can I tolerate it? Do I want to sacrifice the time to get it out? And, you know, you got to just make the call. 
Yeah, there we was. I was running on the beach the other week, and my shoes just got completely annihilated with sand. And I was like, "Do I just like you know do kicks as I'm like running, uh, <laughs> or do I actually take my shoes off and take all the sand out?" And I just kept running because it wasn't worth wasn't worth it. My sister told me that she got a bee in her shoe once, and it stung her. I have oh, you ever? The, I've gotten stung on my calf during a run but i've never gotten stung on my like that's interesting never gotten stung on was this in the in the midwest where did you get when when yeah yeah Yeah. i don't see bees out here nearly as much plus one Um, for california there's like no insects or bees (laughs) yeah uh what did you do when you got stung it was like luckily it was like right at the end of my run so i didn't have to run too it just was a shooting pain and i didn't really know what it was i actually thought it was a calf cramp at the time but when i finished it was, I think I had like a half a mile left, so it wasn't too bad. I w- w- ran home and I was like, I was in high school or whatever. So I was like, mom, I got stung by a bee. <laughs> I need your help. Uh, so like the after bite and all of that yeah. jazz, I guess, and everything. But yeah, uh, luckily it wasn't like mid run where I still had like four or five or however many miles to, to keep going. But yeah, it is, it's less, I actually thought it was less painful than getting stung by a bee when you're doing nothing. Cause you're kind of like already, your body's already tired. It's already kind of like in like some level of pain while you're running and a bee sting kind of just like, it's a, it's a little sting. It's a little, it's like getting like a little needle stuck in you. It felt like that. Uh, is, okay. So this actually segues nicely into this falling down thing. I want to, I want to get to that route thing, but let, let's skip that one for a yeah, second. Yeah. Okay. So I have fallen down during runs pretty spectacularly, maybe four or five times in my life. Um, the worst one was, uh, I've had some bad ones, actually. Yeah, I'm not sure which the worst one is. We'll, we'll go through them. So I was running on the Embarcadero. Have you noticed those, if you go south of the ferry building, there's those sort of square cement things mm-hmm. that sort of have got along it and they have gaps between them. And when I was younger, this this must have been in my like early 20s when I first moved to the city, I was jumping from one to the next. And the amount of space between them actually varies and I was being careless and, you know, I had my, the confidence of youth and I tried to make a leap and I didn't make it. And once I was in the air, I was like, I'm not, this isn't, I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I fell and I, luckily I didn't break anything, but, and this has happened to me almost every time I've fallen. My, my initial reaction is like embarrassment. I feel like I need to get up and immediately pretend like it was not nearly as bad. And as... I'm sure people are around because the Embarcadero yeah. is like and, the main yeah. like street or kind of path along yes. San Francisco, the Bay. Yeah, no, it's, um, I was embarrassed and I got up and I like started trotting. And then, you know, once I got away from the scene of the crime, I sort of looked down and, you know, noticed that I'm bleeding all over bleeding. myself. Um, I've never had to stop a run, but the reason why I brought this up uh, apropos to the bee sting conversation is, yeah, there's something about when you're in the middle of a run and you experience some sort of trauma to your body, you can almost, yeah, it's almost not as bad as it would be if it happened to you when you were just sitting still or you know not yeah. in the middle of a run. And, yeah, exactly. I don't know if you have adrenaline or some sort of endorsement. It just happens. So it's like so sudden, like it's, you're not really, well, I guess with a bee sting, if you're standing still, you're not expecting to get stung by a bee either, but I think it's something where you're like in the motion and it's just like this one, like one extra external factor. I don't know. I don't know what the right yeah. word is. 
Yeah. Um, I, I fell on a trail run once and, you know, I caught my toe on a root and I wasn't wearing a shirt and my, my chest got all torn up by, by the fall, but I, I kept pushing through it. And I had, uh, fortunately on this one, I was like maybe two miles from the end and I finished and sort of looked in the mirror of my car after I finished. And yeah, I mean, I was just like bleeding all over the place and you know all these cuts and scrapes and yeah, I don't know. There's something about, yeah, I don't know if it's adrenaline or what it is, but you know. have, have you ever slipped like on ice and fell? Those are the, I've done it multiple times growing up. And then I did it a couple of years ago when we were up in Tahoe and I was just, I was literally jogging like very slowly because it was, there was so much ice every step and, you know, six inches of snow. And it was the most painful time like falling. I, like I fell and I kind of like slid down the hill cause it started kind of going down yeah, the hill. Yeah. And, oh, I was, I've, I was sore for a good two, two days after that. Just like, I, and I landed on my knee, which just made it. Oh, yeah. So bad. Yeah. I mean, the problem with ice is it, you fall in like this awkward way. It's easy to like tear or land hard on something in a way there's different magnitudes of falls, right? Like if you just stumble, you can sort of catch yourself. If you stumble, but you're going too fast, you fall, but you have time to like get your arms down or something. But with ice, it's always completely graceless. And yeah. there's some risk of, yeah, landing on a knee or a hip or something in a way that is not, is not great. Yeah. I have not, I don't have that much experience running in the ice. I didn't run as much when I was younger and I was living in the Midwest. Yeah. And now Unless I go someplace that's very cold, I don't I don't get get much experience running in running in the cold. Okay, this one's like a common one. What if your route is not you you, you come to like a fence or you know a trespassing sign or the road's closed or yeah what do you what do you do? Well, on this podcast, I've complained twice about Strava routes taking me through two different gated communities where I could not get through to no trespassing. Mm-hmm. Typically, I will just do it. Uh, but if it's an area that I'm not like super familiar with, like at the time when I was doing the Strava routes, I was by my in-laws' neighborhood. Never really spent much time around there. The houses looked like, like very large, so I was very worried that there were like security cameras and maybe they had like people surveilling the area. I don't know Private security. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows at, the, at that point? And um. So that's happened where I just turned around and it was really frustrating. But most of the time where if I'm on like a run and there's like a no trespassing sign or something like that, if it's like in the middle of the woods, I just keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the most common thing is a trail is closed for repair. And then, <laughs> yeah, you don't know why it's closed. It could be an abundance of caution or it might be that the bridge is out. And <laughs> you, yeah, you know, so you just have to sort of use some judgment and hope. Um but yeah, I mean, I've been running in some places where, you know, I have like an elaborate route planned and, you know, you end up in a road close thing and sometimes you can try to circumnavigate it. Sometimes you can plow through it and sometimes you just have to turn around and I've made the wrong decision on all of those. <laughs> and so, and I've gotten lucky too, right? Like it just, yeah, you, you run enough and, you know, you end up with lots of experiences on both sides the annoying part is like when you go if it's like oh road closer like path closed ahead for like whatever they don't tell you the reason and you start going on you're like why is it closed like i don't get it and then you're a mile in or something and then it's like oh the bridge is gone or like there's like 16 trees that have fallen down that you clearly cannot get through yeah i'm trying to think what the most like 
with the most like awful closure I've had was I, I yeah I think I know what it was I was in I was in Croatia uh, two summers ago and I was doing like a 15 mile run and there was a a closed thing and I ignored it and went and like yeah like two miles later you found out why. <laughs> And now you have to double back, right? And now you have to like redouble back to sort of go around. And yeah, that was not such a my best, my best move. (laughs) I mean, it's it was a beautiful place, and you know, it was like this. This wasn't the worst thing that's happened to me in my life, but it was. I was I was very mildly inconvenienced. Well, Um, we we should have talked about this one earlier when we were talking about kind of the bad weather and slipping. It was times where just like weather completely one eighty on you. Yeah. Uh. I've had this, I've had an unexpected rainstorm. I've had, I guess the only like one where like I actually felt like I might need to abandon a run was I was in, uh, I was running a little bit South of San Jose and there's a park there that there's a parking lot at like 2000 feet of elevation and a a storm came in and it started hailing and I couldn't. Says, yeah, and I just had to stop under a tree and wait it out because it was, it was, yeah, it, it it was coming down hard and yeah, it was a little bit scary. But I don't know. Have you ever like been caught in a thunderstorm or anything? Oh yeah. So when I first moved, when I first moved to San Francisco, uh, I was dating my wife at the time, and we did, they didn't have parking in our apartment, but we had two cars because I moved here after she did, and we had two cars. And I was like, I don't want to sell my car right now. So we couldn't afford or parking. For those of you that don't live in San Francisco, parking on average is between like three to $400 a month per car. It's not cheap, obviously. So what we did is we found a place that was about three to five miles away. So in the Richmond from where we live to park our cars. And so every 10 days I would wake up at like 4.35 in the morning and I would run three to five miles, move the cars. So I did for street sweeping. So we didn't get charged. And then run back. And I did that for about 10 months. Uh, saved a lot of money. Uh, wow. Zero tickets. I will. Uh, so happy with that. And That's no break-ins impressive. or anything. It yeah. is. But one one day where, you know, this, it was such a bad day because I couldn't find the cars. I forgot where I parked them. So I was already like, you know, I had to go like set six, seven miles to find the car. And I was running back and just started completely downpouring on me. And it was a huge thunderstorm. I was soaking wet. I was already pissed off because like, it took me forever to, to uh, move the cars and, it was torrential downpour. So I like, I went in under a nook and an Uber back home for like a mile and a half was like $35. And I was like, this isn't happening, but this is, this is before waterproof iPhones. So I was like, do I spend the 35 bucks to save my iPhone or do I gamble it and save 35 bucks? Right. I gambled and it was fine, Okay, but <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. To think. You know what? I, okay. But if this was, this must've been last November, it was my last speed workout before CIM and it was before I got injured. Uh, but it's the last speed workout and I really wanted to nail the speed workout. It's, I don't know if I really needed it, but for like my mental sanity, I'm, you know, I'm mid taper and, you know, this was going to be like my last chance to sort of, you know, open up the throttle. And uh, it was with the SFRRC, our run club. And it was supposed to rain and it, it had been raining sort of all day and it was sort of a nasty rain. It was pretty heavy. Um, but we got there and it just started 
like the the volume of rain just doubled or tripled or whatever. And I've never seen Kizar, which is the tra- the public track in Golden Gate Park here. It got flooded on the inner lane. And we tried to run through it. And I, yeah, I just remember, you know, like my feet are more like, pon- my shoes are more like pontoons here. And I actually had to abort that speed workout. Oh, wait, was, those just- were, the, were those the two mile repeats? Yeah. 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 Were you there? <laughs> no, I did them in the morning because I knew uh, it was going to thunderstorm at night. So I did them alone. And I remember, I explicitly remember that day. Yeah. yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. I, I'll go back and look on Strava. I think I did the first two mile repeat and it was slow because of the water and it was, it was just howling wind. And uh, I was so irritated and yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I hate abandoning speed workouts. It's my like it messes me up for like a month. I'm like, oh, if I wouldn't have abandoned that one speed workout, everything else would have like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a big collapse. So no, no great advice here. It's uh, do you, do you call an Uber or a Lyft or do you just run through it? And, yeah, just, you know, yeah. Dep- I, some weather is worse than others. If you can't see, I've definitely been in times where you just can't see in front of you with like snowstorms and stuff uh, growing up in the Midwest and Lyft or Uber did not exist, nor did cabs exist in uh, the suburbs of, of Cleveland where, where, where I'm from. And, you know, we just run, ran through it, but you need to be smart because a lot of the times with like bad weather becomes bad drivers. And then you go back up the list and get potentially yeah. you know, risk of being hit by a car. So yeah, yeah it can be dangerous. <laughs> well, um, I think the, the last, the last one that I would say that we have on the list, they're kind of all, I would couple the three together is you get a rash, you get a blister, you're chafing kind of yeah. this, like, you know, something that's developed over time on that run. And the bliss, so blisters definitely used to have. I know we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Of I've had these before, but if you if you run through blisters, they become calloused, and then you never get blisters again. So yeah, my advice is just run through it. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, I mean, I have a story here. So this is this wasn't running, but I was climbing Mount Shasta, which is a mountain in Northern California, and Mount Shasta almost. I think it always has snow at the top. I think there's a glacier up there. Um, we were there in July and there was tons of snow up there. So yeah, it must, there must always be snow up there. And so you need these, um, you need mountain boots and you need mountain boots because you have to attach crampons to them when, when you're doing your summit attempt. And my friend, I'm like, I want to say mile one. He's like, you, we rented these mountain boots because neither of us have them. Um, on mile one, he's like, oh, I feel like I'm getting a blister. And I remember thinking to myself, this is not good. <laughs> um, because oh yeah it's a two-day hike so you you hike like two-thirds of the way up and then you camp and then you wake up at 2 a.m to start your summit attempt and you know then you come all the way down um and yeah he pushed through it but i haven't seen his foot lately but i bet he has a scar from that blister was i mean that thing was more of I, I, I just, it was, it was not, I don't want to imagine it. So yeah, look, if you feel like first off, yeah, you know, when you get new run shoes and if you're, if your feet aren't used to getting new run shoes, yeah, maybe walk around in them a little bit first. And, uh, and typically what I do when I don't get the same shoe uh, every time I will like swap between the two every day, every other day is like run my new run with my old and then do that for about a week or two. And that really helps. Um, I'm sure one of the reasons why you don't uh, wear a shirt is to avoid the uh, the chafing and the rash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get nipple chafing, and um, also sometimes under my arms. Do you use any? There's um, there's like Body Glide, and there's a brand called D- uh, D's Nuts actually <laughs> that uh, makes like a it's like a 
a cream that you can put on that that helps. You can put it between your legs or underneath your armpits, and it can help with chafing. So I use uh, it's fun. It's called butt butter, uh, okay. but I use that for when I go uh, when I bike when I go on and bike ride. Yeah, uh, I, so I, have, I have issues with that on a bike yeah. much more than I do running. Yeah, sitting on a bike on a saddle for four to six hours is yeah. Yeah. When I discovered when my friend told me about butt butter, I, I thanked him very much. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, there's a lot of things you need to learn about cycling, like to wear padded shorts. Like at first, it's like I'm not wearing padded shorts. That's lame. And no, you have to wear That's, padded yeah. shorts. Like it's, yeah. A lot of this is, especially with running too. Like you don't learn until you experience. It's like really hard to say, oh, like I'm not going to get a rash. Like I've gotten like definitely like that kind of the armpit rashes and things like that with chafing and whatnot. But you're like. It's never going to happen to me, but when it happens, it's never going to happen again. Try yeah. to do whatever you can it's for brutal. it to not happen it's again. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we went through a lot of these. I'm not sure if we, <laughs> this is not particularly coherent, but we have to tell lots of stories and yeah, I mean, these are all oh, things yeah. that come up mid run and yeah, you just have to decide whether you need to pull the plug or not. And you it, know. it gives you a good chance to think of your own stories of all these things that have happened. I, I guarantee if you're a runner and you've been running for a while, you've experienced at least 40 to 60% of these. So reach out to us on Twitter or email us and let us know your stories. Yeah. Yeah, tell great. Your stories. stories. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's a wrap for this episode of the final turn. We hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. Um, and if you have any feedback, we'd, we'd love it. If you could uh, email us at the final turn pod at gmail.com uh, or we're also on Twitter at the final turn pod. Thanks for the support. And we look forward to having you back for our next episode.